When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Life and Times of Andrew Ward. Hey. We've had social media admins brought on as sub, AFCON managers sacked after just one game, and the opportunity to win your way onto the board of a football club. It's a good thing we're here to pick our way through it a week after everybody else has forgotten. I'm Andy Baxter, and this is Pints of Football, the nation's (laughs) drunkest football podcast. And joining me as ever, always happy to scrape the barrel for content, it's Daz Napton. Yes. Are you aware of all those stories? Um, I wasn't aware of the AFCON one. Hmm. It was the Tanzania manager had a big rant after his team got beat, um, saying that Morocco have too much sway in Africa and um, are influencing which referees get picked. Um, So they give him an eight-match ban, and the the, the FA just went, no, if you're banned for eight games, (laughs) just, just go away. Just, yeah. So that was quite funny. Yeah. We're all for sort of managers losing their minds and going off on big rants and stuff, <laughs> but not like after your first game in the major tournament, it seems, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, moments. at least make it a bit of rant after being knocked out, surely. That's the time to rant because you might get sacked anyway. So, you know, at least wait, see your three group games out and then go from there. They should have hired your man, Dini. He's, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what he, what he's thinking. I don't know if he's going to get another job anytime soon. I was listening to someone talk about it, and they said maybe it was too soon after he'd finished playing that he's still, he's still in the player's mentality. I don't know. What do I know? I think he, he's just um, he's just a loudmouth, isn't he? <laughs> just angry, man. I loved it because I don't know if it was today or yesterday when they were interviewing him about it. And he was like, in all honesty, I think they've just brought me in 
and then um, used me for all my contacts. It's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Who who would do that? (laughs) Like, (laughs) what, what have they done? Just like, Nicked his address book and chucked him out. Yeah, and say, right, I've got that now. Off you go. <laughs> yeah. Just leave your phone so we can pretend we're you on WhatsApp when we're contacting, was it John Terry and Jermaine Defoe? Baffling, isn't it? Yeah. I do enjoy, like, when players do take on the challenge and, and just fail spectacularly there. It's like, was it the other year when, was it during COVID or just after when Paul Skulls took over at Oldham for a bit? I think a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah, and that, that was when he had the whole foot fetish thing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but like his daughter's or feet or something, wasn't it? Oh, dear me. And then, um, obviously, Phil Neville, he's like, I would argue he's a, a failed failed manager. Probably, probably not as bad as his brother, though. Yeah, which is weird, because... <sighs> You know, you'd say Gary was very knowledgeable and, you know, certainly his knowledge of the game is, is well-respected and he seems to speak a bit of sense. But when he had that spell at Valencia, he just absolutely uh, stunk the place out. Apparently, though, someone, I saw some stats about it the other day. Stats are pretty much the same, if not better, than the current Man U manager. Bloody hell. I didn't realise like as in like points per game and all that. Yeah, that that's damning of him though, rather than anything <laughs> about Gary. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to. Yeah, I'm not trying to say Gary Neville's the next like Mourinho or Pepper or anything. Mm. Just just didn't get a chance. I don't think that's the case. But I mean, Christ, apparently he's just gone Dragon's Den. Yeah, I saw a clip about it, but I've not actually. Um, I don't know if it's been on yet. <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, fair enough. He probably has got some money, but I just, if I was going to set up a business and I walked in the room and and he was the only one who said he's in, I mean, I'd just walk away. I'd be yeah, like, I don't fancy it. Maybe I shouldn't do this. <laughs> What's Gary Neville going to do at his bit at the start? It doesn't really stack up or compare, does it? No, but I mean, I wonder. I know we just joked about it, but I wonder if his contacts would be something that's quite useful because I'm sure he knows a lot of people through his TV work and stuff and he probably has good advisors. I don't know. Like, I, I've always said about those kind of shows, if I was ever on it, even if they make you a really crap offer, I'd still take it because they wouldn't want to lose their money and they know how to make these things succeed, so you'd still always take it, I think. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. But, like, if 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 it gets to the point where... Gary's like, I'm going to make you an offer. How does he know what to say? <laughs> Just like a, like a transfer offer. He'll be like, well, I'll offer you six percent and and um, and four on top. <laughs> Just say things that don't even make sense. I'll offer you four at the back. Yeah, <laughs> and one of my international caps. <laughs> you can come and stay in my hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just can't imagine him being a a, a businessman who, who maybe 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 you're surprised. I might actually watch one, and maybe I shouldn't judge him too much until I've watched one. It's all it's all fun and games, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, the other thing I mentioned in the intro, which was a good one, and it's a shame that Tom isn't here today because, as we know, he does the admin for Dursley, Dursley Town, mm-hmm. Dursley Town, 
And, um, you know, I don't know if you saw Doncaster City FC tweeting the other day that um, on 80 minutes, there'll be a break in coverage as the admin is being subbed on, which I absolutely <laughs> love. Absolutely love it. Yeah. You, you would have thought he would have just given his phone to someone else, but apparently not. Maybe they couldn't be trusted. I really wish that he would have just gone like live on Facebook when he came on. Oh, just running around. Just, yeah, first-person view of, of the admin guy. He's just running around the pitch like this. <laughs> I wonder if there's a, a law against that. Oh, there must be. I remember back in the days where Flamborough was still in the pub leagues, obviously they're in the county leagues, it's a little bit more professional now slightly, but when they're in the pub leagues, I think the goalkeeper used to just like do live tweets during the game because they used to win like 25 nil every match. So he'd literally just stand in his goal, just put in like, yeah, we've scored again. That's brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's a risky manoeuvre, but I guess not if you're 20 nil up. Yeah. I mean, the goalkeeper's probably the worst person to do it with the gloves. Yeah, well, that's the point, though. Yeah. <laughs> he got to the point where he could either just take the gloves off or maybe just chop a couple of fingers out. Mm. Well, there we go. <laughs> and the other thing I mentioned was the um, AFC crew put out a tweet mm. saying that they're, they're offering a share of the club to the first person to win the Premier League with them on Football Manager. Now, we've all played Football Manager, and that's a long way down, AFC crew. I'm not sure what... Um, division they play in, but you have to download the level 13 database to do it, so I imagine it's going to be a lot of promotions to get to get that one done. Yeah, I mean, what? how long, how many, right, let's say the shares in crew are worth, in AFC crew are worth, I'll be optimistic, let's say they're worth a grand, mm. and how many hours is it going to take you to get to the Premier League with crew? Probably about a thousand yeah, because you're not going up every season, are you? So, yeah, so it's probably working out at about a pound an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be interested to see if anything comes of it in a few months' time. Yeah, what what do you get as a shareholder? Do you get to make decisions on the club's behalf? It says, and it's quite ambiguously worded, it says after the bit um, telling you what you have to do, it says, the first to do it, will become an official shareholder and join the club's board who run the club online, exactly like Football Manager. Run the club online? That's not how it works at that level. Like, what, does it, what, does they, what do they think they're going to be doing? Like, scouting players on a big database? Like, Yeah, what if someone wins it from, like, the other side of the world? Or just yeah. somewhere outside of crew? Maybe this is just a, a way of... Um... <laughs> Get an escape guide for yeah. you. Be, oh yeah, you're now the uh, the financial shareholder of AFC Crew. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, yeah, just uh, that's great. Just send send us over uh, what I need to do. Sends over a spreadsheet, and it's like, yeah, we're fifty grand in debt. Yeah, you always all, all this for the stadium upkeep. <laughs> I really hadn't considered that. That's a very good point. I reckon it's it's all part of the way of yeah, they're just trying to offload the debts to someone. I think. Elaborate. I like it. It's a good idea. Mm. Is it a good idea? I don't know. Maybe it isn't a good idea. We'll see. We're, we're, it's one to keep an eye on. I might. I might follow AFC crew so um, we can keep uh, keep an eye on it. Yeah, I tell you who who would be interested potentially in a a dodgy financial escapade 
Uh, it's not Gary Neville on Dragon's Den. No. It, it's um, Jordan Henderson. See, he, he didn't he recently become the first footballer ever to leave Saudi Arabia poorer than when he went. <laughs> Bonkers, isn't it? I, you know, I, I, I hope he's got rid of the agent that has been advising him because, first of all, the whole move over there and then that interview he did where he was just sort of being embarrassed by the the journalist and it was clear you know he was just trying to um cover his tracks and not say anything to to damn them and then now he's left he's saying uh you know i've made friends for life we'll stay in touch oh fuck off no you won't what shut up up. yeah that that was a whole nonsense thing wasn't it i i just yeah I mean, fair enough. He's gone to Ajax. He's he's definitely landed on his feet. Well, oh, no, yeah. But, but you know, as I say, it's it's not a very. Um, it doesn't. It, it, his whole reputation's been trashed, and uh, you know, we 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 all we all saw it coming. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh well, you know what you're going to do. You, you try and warn these people. We've we've been warning people for for months, Ages. years, even. Um, so yeah, any any ex pro or pro Premier League golden oldies? If you're, a, um, if you're, a, I don't know who's old, who's still. If you're, a, well, not James Milnick, he wouldn't do it. He's like my go-to old person at the moment. I don't know any of us. Who's an old Premier League player who might go over there? It looks like Lingard would be, but he he's trying to get himself a move to to Barcelona, isn't he? Oh, yeah, hasn't he said he'll play for free or something? Has he? I, didn't, I missed that bit. That's no point going to Saudi then if you'd pay, if you'd do it without the money. Well, I think what it is, is he was basically saying, I'm at the stage now where I just want to play. Mm. And and I think he basically did an open call on Twitter. And then obviously you get the classic, like, you know, suddenly Division One team. Oh, we can confirm we have tweeted Lingard. Saying yeah. you're welcome to come and train with us down at Wellingborough Whitworth. Yeah, he's not going to go AFC Crew, is he? Or no. not unless well, they might be giving him some shares. They're probably they're probably one of the more attractive level thirteen clubs at this stage. He does strike me as someone who might play games as well. So maybe maybe that's the shout. Hmm. Yeah, Lingard to AFC crew. Yep. Who there is definitely quite a big player who is massive on football manager, like just loves football manager. Griezmann who plays Atletico Madrid. Griezmann, it. yeah, Griezmann. He, isn't, he, isn't he coming towards the end of his career as well? Well, he feels like he's been around for years, so maybe. Oh, tell you what, if he doesn't know about this AFC crew challenge. Someone needs to put him in touch, and yeah, then cause he's the sort of guy who would he'd do that, take on the debt, pay it all off, and then play for the club as well. It's a win-win. Yeah, just turn out on a Saturday afternoon for AFC Crew. Imagine. Yeah, that would be nice. I've actually been. That was the first ground hop I did after COVID. Really? Yeah, AFC Crew. I got invited. It was when you still couldn't go to games. But um, I was able to quantify going because at the time I was blogging. Mm. So I was I was counting it as um, my official pint of football business. Yeah, your media accreditation thing. Mm. Yeah, it was quite nice, actually. I was getting around all over the country, sitting in these closed, behind closed doors, 
I like the term behind closed doors because it implies that the rest of the time the doors are just open and you can just wander in and out. Yeah, yeah. But also as well, some of the, like, most of the grounds I go to, they don't even have doors. <laughs> it's just a field. It's like, <laughs> if you, it's impossible to play behind closed doors football match in a big field where there's a park attached to it. Yeah, people are just walking their dogs around. There was one somewhere like in Ashbourne, which is a beautiful village in in the Peak District. And towards the end of COVID, one of my friends who doesn't really like football, but, you know, he likes the idea of sitting in a field in the middle of summer having a beer, of course, yeah. who doesn't? So we, we went to a game. It was Ashbourne against the the uh, the football team of Rolls-Royce. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> which was... Um, I think they were in Derby or Derbyshire somewhere. And they, they played out a friendly. This was sort of this between COVID time where you still had all the rules in place and stuff. But that was lovely because obviously outdoors, you could pretty much do what you want. The The club had decided to buy like hundreds of tinnies and those cool back, cool boxes, those okay. ice boxes. And they were just selling like cans for two quid on the side. And one of those where if you were inside, there's a million rules, but outside in the, on the fields and in the pub gardens and stuff. It was literally just like, it was like anarchy, wasn't it? It was weird. It, I mean, looking back, I'm sure if it was to happen again, they would treat it differently because it, it was very stupid, wasn't it? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Baxter's Hard Bovril. The Bovril Slammer. All the joys of alcoholic oh. gravy. What spirit do you suggest we mix with Bovril? I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> Quantrum. I'm going to try this because I love Bovril. What do you do? Do you like do you shoot the, the, the spirit and then snort, snort the Bovril? <laughs> You got a rough bovril and paste in your eyes. Oh, I'm foul of the bovril slammer. Paste in your eyes. 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 I like the bovril slammer. Paste in your eyes. 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 That's one meaty spirit. Oh yes. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the pandemic. Well, not not that pandemic. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's the pint of football pandemic known as the infinite struggle. The three-year 
pandemic of football's strangest matches. Mm. And last time back, we, we did a, a milestone. We got to the end of 1971, the big year, the five-story yeah. year. So you've got to hope that as we move into 1972, we're going to be taking on something special now. And I actually dare say we have the answer, the special one. The big story Ooh, is coming okay. up. Yeah. And it's a three-pager, which sometimes can mean it's going to be amazing and sometimes can mean it's going to be naught. But we are going to Birkenhead. Oh, right. Okay. Close to home. Yes. It's March. It's 1972. And... This is a special episode because it's the life and times of Andrew Ward. Hey? Oh, yes. This is it. Here we go. Let me tell you about this one. A strange match creates a crowd atmosphere, a prevailing group mood of anger, laughter, shock, or sheer bewilderment, depending on the events concerned. Sometimes... When a match gaily runs completely out of control, spectators turn to neighbours for confirmation of what they are seeing. It's quite a good summary of being at the football outside so far. You've given it the big sell, isn't he? That happened to me the night Tranmere Rovers played Walsall. I, Andrew Ward, experienced... 16 minutes of disbelief. Here we go. It's the first first person story. Did we, it's him. Did we know he was a Tranmere fan? I can't remember. I don't think I did. I don't think I did until this point. No. We always assumed he was Southern because of how much he hates Northerners. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he just got out early and, you know, doesn't um, yeah. look back I mean, fondly. Maybe we were looking at all wrong for these last three years, thinking that he was a southerner who was basically taking the mick out of us. But actually, he's just trying to empathise with our poorness and our coldness. Before you move on, if you want to take issue with Daz calling people from Birkenhead Scousers, you can get in touch with us at pintsoffootball2015 at gmail.com. Uh, it's all the same. Yeah, it's a big grey mess. Birkenhead? What What even is Birkenhead? I've been there, but... Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's real, does it? Nah. It was my second season of supporting Rovers. I had cheered them through their glorious record-breaking season of 1970-71. to 71, And it wouldn't be an Andrew Ward getting involved in football, record-breaking season, without it being the dullest possible record that was broken. Good. No team had ever drawn as many as 22 league games before. <sighs> Imagine that's what made you fall in love. I know, I'll be back here next year. <laughs> it's, it's only Wardy who could get engulfed in the game just through, <laughs> through the sheer boringness of a draw. You could never accuse him of being a glory hunter, could you? No, that is, that is true, I guess. But yeah, that, that is quite impressive, isn't it? 22 league draws. That is very impressive. 
that's almost half. Well, depending on how many's in in the division, it's you know it it could be half the half your matches. Yeah. I don't know if it's the manager being negative or what, not going for it when it's nil nil, <laughs> ten minutes to go. Yeah, yeah. In his second season, watching them, they were blazing a trail towards the Division Three relegation zone. Wop wop. So yeah, Se- second season syndrome for Wardy. He's got hooked on the draws, and now some of those draws are turning into defeats, and uh, they're flying low on the uh, relegation hunt. But most Rovers' home games were on a Friday in those days. I wonder why. I think that carried on for quite a while, to be honest with you, Um, because that that rings a bell. I've heard Mm. that before. I wonder if it was because back in the day when you used to hear people would go to watch Everton at home one week and Liverpool at home the following week. So I suppose if you did that with Tranmere as well, you could go to a game Friday night and then go and watch the other, whoever was at home on the Saturday. I don't know. I might be way off. There's a team somewhere, South Coast somewhere, that often don't play Saturday afternoons because there's a big market in the town. And I don't know if they if it's a policing thing or it's the same people who go to both. So you can't, you know, it doesn't make sense to have them against each other. Hmm. I can't remember who it is. Because I, I remember reading the whole thing about this. The, they call the fixture computer, don't they? I don't know why they call it that, because it's not a computer. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that was one of the, the, the sort of daft things they have to take into account. It was, it was interesting. It was good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It wasn't particularly funny, but, you know, there you go. But, I mean, it does seem like Wardis is here. The crowd was often swollen by Liverpool or Everton fans taking a night off from their usual team. So, yeah, I guess... Um, that uh, does sort of stand to reason with what you said there. Liverpool fans were particularly enticed in 71 when Tranmere signed Liverpool... What? Liverpool Internationals. Liverpool Internationals. <laughs> wow. This is like when Yorkshire and Cornwall went off their own teams, isn't it? Yeah, well... Uh, yeah, so <laughs> apparently Tranmere signed Liverpool Internationals. Ron Rowdy Yeats, who sounds more like a wrestler... Um, he would he would go on to become the manager afterwards, and Tommy Lawrence, a goalkeeper affectionately known by the cop as the Flying Pig. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's good. That's very good. You don't get you don't get nicknames in football anymore. <laughs> so yeah, you got. Tommy Lawrence, the flying pig, which <laughs> is a great one. <laughs> um, I'm guessing you can probably foresee yeah. where, the, where the name came from, but Wardy not leaving any stone unturned in this one. He says, Lawrence was a roly-poly goalie. <laughs> goodness sake. Small and podgy, decept- <laughs> deceptively agile, fearless, and cumbersome enough to make it very awkward for forwards when he narrowed their shooting angles. It sounds like he's like a small version of our our favourite goalie of all time, Willie Folk. He really does. But, you know, obviously they were taking fitness a bit more seriously by the 70s, but not very by the sounds of it. <laughs> Roly-poly goalie. Roly-poly goalie. What was the <laughs> keeper called who ate the pie and got banned? Uh, Spot fixing. Yeah. I forget. Yeah, I forget. 
the the big fat man from Sutton, wasn't it? Yeah, that was silly, wasn't it as well? He wasn't even like a keeper though, was he? He was the coach, but yeah, he, he was like never in the squad until they had a bit of a cup run and they started getting attention. So they were, you know, involving him again. It's like, yeah, come on, we see what you're doing. Yeah, well, that was a bit stupid, that one. But yeah, I'd forgotten all about that. Um, so anyway, what's Fatty up to? What's it saying here? By the time he joined Tranmere, Lawrence was well past his Scottish international peak. Ah, so that makes sense. So they're not Liverpool internationals. He's saying they're. Former Liverpool players who also happen to be international footballers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, these days he was slower and heavier and looking even less like an athlete. <laughs> Christ, he's really going in on him here, isn't he? He doesn't like this guy, does he? No. <laughs> Maybe this is why he, up until now, hasn't done any first-person ones. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one incident where he waddled and groveled endlessly along the goal line to collect a stray back pass near the corner of his penalty area. Wow. Have they had words or something? They really don't get on. I don't know. With no one remotely near him, he stopped the ball with his body, <laughs> knocked it knocked it out of the penalty area trod on it, picked himself up, dragged the ball back into the penalty area and stood, eventually clutching his treasure. Okay. Mm. The crowd had been deathly quiet. Then one spectator spoke clearly and loudly in unsolicited admiration. All I saw was a green blur, he said. Yeah, fair enough. I've never heard that said at football, but it, I would I would be quite excited if someone came over and said that to us. Yeah, this is the green blur. By the end of March 1972, Rovers were still drawing games, but not crowds. Oh, that's a good. That's a good. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Nice. Yeah. If they played in our backyard, I'd draw the curtains. I remember someone saying at the end of one game. Fear me. No one hates a football team like its own supporters, to be fair. You know, yeah. so it's, um, I, I can well believe that, that quote. There were just 2,300 present on the Monday night Walsall visited. Occupants of the press box must have been grateful when news of the attendance reached them in the second half. They could add a comment on Rovers' lowest attendance of the season. In fact, it was one of the five lowest in the division that season. Drab and goalless, both sides failed to control the ball in the wind. Tranmere's slump continued. Rovers badly missed injured assistant manager Ron Yeats. What? <laughs> oh, no. oh, all right, well. Hey, but could he, he's still going to have been there, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How injured is he? <laughs> Chopped his head off. Uh-huh. <laughs> no sign of a goal. Chick Brody, which is a good name, yeah, showed some neat touches in midfield. Rovers failed to take advantage of the gale at their backs in the first half. After 62 minutes, Adrian Maher Mayer came on a substitute for ex-Walsall centre forward John Manning. Neither goalkeeper had a save to make. So that's that's up until sixty two minutes. A, yeah, a summary, a summary of what's been going on. Fair enough. And they've made it, they've made a sub for the, this other guy. Yeah, I entertained myself by walking around the terraces. <laughs> oh, we've all done that. <laughs> yeah. Love a good walk around. 
Yeah, especially when you go to non-league and you go behind the stands and you just want junk they've got in the back. <laughs> just knackered old chairs or an old lawnmower that doesn't work anymore. It's a bit sad, really. Anyway, he found himself behind to- Tommy Lawrence's goal. Oh, is he going to start shouting abuse at him? He, he, he was apparently totally on his own in that section of the ground. So you can imagine it, a whole empty part of the ground with just Wardy stood there, <laughs> topless in the bitter wind. Yeah, of course. <laughs> a bitter, biting wind tore through my clothing, so I took it off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in front of me, Lawrence stalked his penalty area to keep warm. Did that work? I'll keep your legs moving? I don't know, probably not. Oh, yeah. I must. I mean, you've been in that. Mm. It must get really cold when it's cold. When games where you haven't got a lot to do, it really is. And you just stood there in the wind and the rain sometimes, and it's just, you think, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not enjoying this. Uh, yeah, you sum- summarise. We, we've all been here. This is a classic statement of any lower to non-league football ground. I was here. I was at Prenton Park. I was on my own. And it was too cold to think about staying. Yeah. (laughs) I was on my way home, having just reached the shed, when the game woke up and went crazy. Mm. A free kick to Walsall and Mick Evans thunders it noisily past the post and Walsall come again. Chris Jones and Bobby Shinton, whose shot wiggles in the wind with Tommy Lawrence wondering where it went. The game's been given a goal. So Rovers must attack, which they do. Trevor Stoughton shooting and Stan Jones deflecting the ball up over Bob Wasson for an own goal equaliser. And now the action's back to Tommy Lawrence, who knocks down Colin Harrison's shot for Jeff Morris to score another for Walsall. And there's nobody on the cop to see it from close quarters or to strain their eyes as Wesson makes a great save at the other end and another and another but he can't reach Stoughton's cross and Mayer scores another equaliser so Walsall comes straight down and Bobby Shinton topples over Sid Faraman's legs and Harrison hits the penalty past Lawrence for the third Walsall goal and Rovers have hardly any time left when Mayer puts over a corner kick and Stoughton lunges and it's Rovers' third equaliser in about ten minutes and the game ends and we can all breathe again. Wow. That really did uh, sort of liven up, didn't it? I didn't see that coming after an hour. 3-3 after 16 minutes of magical football. Whew. Wardy works out that had it been like that all through the game, it would have finished 17-all. Good. I would like to see that. (laughs) That would have been good. I have seen games lurch out of control on many other occasions, but never to that extent, and never after 74 minutes of tedium. Football at times thoroughly rewards the patience of people at places like Prenton Park. That season, Tranmere Rovers escaped relegation. On goal average. Oh, our old favourite goal average. Yeah, the classic. But yeah, that that was uh, Wardy's 
first first yeah. well, I guess yeah it's like his first experience that he remembers of football I suppose I was thinking when you you were going through it how much detail he, he managed to recall even though it's obviously a long long time yeah um since he must have, have been there of course and even read about it or watched it back or whatever um so I thought that like we said it's funny the things that stick here and, and the games that have that kind of impact and you can remember the details of the players and what they did and what it felt like and all that. And that's, that's, that is what's good about football. Isn't it? And it's those things that you can't, you can't explain. Oh I, I, yeah. My, my first match when I went to Mac, I, I can remember every detail of that day, getting the train there, the, you know, the, the match itself, beating Burton 2-1, the, the, the bit at the end where one of the players comes over and, because it was your first match, it's like, oh, amazing. He's come over, sh- shake his hand, well mm. done, scored a brace, got the winner. You, you, you do genuinely. But then ask me about the last game I went to less than a month ago. Mm. I couldn't, I, well, we spoke about it on the last pod. I couldn't even remember what the place was called. <laughs> Weird, isn't it? I had to look up um, the score of the last game I was at in case it came up on the pod. And that, you know, it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I guess you just get into that thing where you still love football and you still really enjoy going, mm. but nothing ever beats that first time of going. And, and like, you, you know, it's stupid things, isn't it? Just like the first time you have a pie in the stands and all that stuff. It, it genuinely is such an amazing experience. Yeah, it is. Um, you did remind me saying about a pie, though. So I'm just going to quickly look up a story and then discuss it. Sounds good to me. Whilst whilst you're looking it up, do you reckon that was peak football? No, but you can see why they draw a lot of games because they didn't seem to start attacking until they were behind. And then mm. um, whilst all seemed to be able to just score against them all the time. So maybe that, that was why they, they, I don't know, maybe they were just not a good team by the sounds of it. They, they, they described it as being in a bit of a slump, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. It definitely gets extra points because of it being a first-person account. I wonder if mm. we'll get more more through time. I suppose that was bound to happen as we got later in years and he was starting to go to more matches and actually remember things. Yeah. I'm just going to quickly look. Whilst, have you found that pie yet? I have found the pie. Fine. I was just seeing if his next story is in first person. <laughs> How sad are the rest of the books just about him going to Tranmere? Oh, God. He's so anticlimactic after all this, isn't he? <laughs> We've worked so hard. Yeah. But no, it's not. Okay. Um, it was about Taylor Swift and Motherwell. What? Yeah. they um, Motherwell want Taylor Swift to invest in them. Right. I think Motherwell are, you know, they're they're down on their luck at the moment. It says they're financially stable, but the chairman wants to stand down in the near future and then the money's going to run out if they haven't got anyone else to to replace them, I suppose. So they've reached out to Taylor Swift and asked her to take over them on Football Manager, win the Scottish (laughs) Prem. And if she does it... (laughs) Would you like to hear a quote from the CEO? Yes. My ideal Motherwell investor will be Taylor Swift. She could come and give concerts here before a game. I look forward to the Well Boys having a banner up saying, Taylor Swift, we love you. 
and playing her songs in the stadium. When Taylor visits, you'll get a seat in the director's box and a wee pie. <laughs> Has it been watching Welcome to Wrexham? Yeah, and I think that's the the the, the angle that they're going at because um, I don't know. You probably haven't noticed, but I think the bloke she's with is an American footballer, and like she goes to watch his games when she's free when she's not doing gigs and stuff and you know what it's like when there's the camera spots someone who's well known in the crowd like every slightest thing that happens on the pitch um they they cut to them you know like if beckham ever goes to watch a game like they always go to him for his reaction to see if he's clapping or shaking his head or anything like that and it's exactly the same but um mm. yeah so they go and motherwell want a, a piece of the action and, and why not you know it worked for Wrexham, didn't it and well, that, you know what? I just thought of an idea. I mean, I don't know how you'd enforce it, but every time a football club goes bust, a, a, a millionaire or a billionaire has to buy them. Well, like a, like a celebrity in a different field. Yeah. It's okay. like, we should pick really... it out of a hat. Pick it out of a hat. Like, put all the celebrities, all the millionaires, all the billionaires in a hat. And then if ever a club goes bust, it's like, all right, we've gone bust. We're going to die. You know, Nuneaton, um, yeah. Mask United, um, Taunton. Southend, thankfully, did survive. We're still not sure what's going to happen with Scunthorpe moving forward. All these clubs, you know, rather than just struggling for the next five years just to stay afloat, just just let, let someone out of the hatch buy it. I think we'd all love to see Nuneaton taken over by... Barry from EastEnders, or um, he's, not, he's not a millionaire. He might be. I don't know. He's, he's the remaining member of Status Quo. <laughs> who else is, who else is uh, you're thinking so low here. <laughs> Fine. Oh, okay, then. More realistic idea. What they should do then is all Premier League players, or you know, like the big top elite players. Part of their contract should be that they have to buy a football club if it folds. In all seriousness, though, before we get back to quoting silly celebrities who should buy football clubs, there should be something, there should be a fund that when you get to that obscene level of wealth to put in to help like these struggling clubs who, who, who you know, are going out of business for the sake of a few thousand. I suppose, yeah, like an opt-in, if nothing <laughs> else, because, I mean, they do, you know, they do pay 50% tax still. Maybe, maybe it's like pay 50% tax or pay 49% tax and 1%, which is still going to be a hell of a lot, mm. goes into the, say, Nuneaton fund. A, a grassroots fund or a football in this country fund or something. You know, there'd be a way to do it and it'd be mm. a way to sort of make you feel all right about what you're doing with your money and things like that. Um, yeah, maybe, not, yeah. maybe not Barry from EastEnders. And who else, who else have we got in mind? Cheeky Girls. Cheeky girls. If Barry from EastEnders is not a millionaire, then there's no way that the cheeky girls are. <laughs> Tim Curry. Uh, Tim Curry. The, go- the, the the money that Darius has left behind. Yeah, yeah. That's going that's nowhere. The, that's the other thing. There should, maybe there should be a... You know, they do inheritance tax. They should do a um, tax where if any celebrity dies, mm. a certain percentage of it has to go into dying non-league clubs. Because it's kind of like, well, you're dead, but shouldn't mean the football club dies. Right. It's not it's not our fault you're dead. So give us some of your money. Taunton Town could be taken over by Drake or something. 
Don't know. Yeah, well, that, that's abs- that is an absolutely fine one. I've got no problem with that. He's actually a celebrity with some money. Probably got a lot of money. Doesn't know much about Taunton, I'd expect. And as a Western fan, I probably shouldn't talk so much about Taunton on the pod, but there you go. On that note, will Glass Coffins be a success? Remains to be seen. <laughs> that's good. That is good. <laughs> Oh, I suppose there's only one thing left to say. Back and sup up and sure up. Would, would you would you um, get a glass coffin? I mean, it doesn't bother you at that point, does it? But I guess there's no point if you've been chucked underground. Well, no, it's dark anyway. But I guess you get to see them for the final time. It's an American thing, that isn't it? You know, like you see in films and stuff, like they've got an open one, and like everyone goes past and like looks at the body. I think it's fucking weird. <laughs> but um, I do think the glass coffin could work though. Have you seen that that new thing you can do where you sort of get dissolved? It's like more economic, not economical, more um, environmentally friendly. No, what do you like, become like horse manure or something? Yeah, well, yeah. And you sort of just get sort of melted down into component parts. <laughs> and you don't like rot and decompose. You just sort of like evaporate or something. Yeah. Should, again, I should have researched this before committing it to recording. But there you go. Just thought about it. The glass coffin thing would work, but it'd also be really spooky if like you were just buried you know, like a few centimetres into mm-hmm. the ground. So you, you can still, like, <laughs> walk past and see them all. <laughs> Let's go. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.